Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Eric Lund, who has been the CEO of MedSource for over 24 years prior to the very recent sale of his company to the ErgoMed Group, which provides specialized services to the biopharmaceutical industry in over 100 countries. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you, Birgit. It's great to be here. I'm so grateful that our mutual friend, John Leinberger, connected us because it's not always easy to find CEO guests that are both successful, yet also humble enough to share their leadership blind spots. And you gave me lots of reasons why you are both. So of course, I know that you made it to Inc. 500, fastest growing companies, Houston 100, fastest growing privately held companies as well. And you've received many other awards. So what would you say are the one or two best practices you implemented to achieve such results? You're right. There were a lot of awards along the way. And one of the things that we tried to do was not to focus on those awards, celebrate them, but continue to move forward. You know, the mountaintop experiences are great experiences, but we're not necessarily meant to live there. It's not where we grow. We tend to do a lot more growth when we're down in the valley and we're working through things. And what I found for us and for myself is the best way that we were able to find success in this process and to grow and to get some of these accolades was really in building a great team, very clearly defining what you wanted and and what you need for your team, sticking to that and hiring according to the values that you put in place. Yeah. In fact, I read that you had crossroads, so to speak, in your career where you didn't know, should you start a company or go work somewhere else? But when you looked at the values and the way teams were treated, I understand you decided to take that risk. Is that right? That's exactly right. It was one of those moments, exactly like you said, where you're evaluating your future and taking a look at whether you want to continue working for corporate America or if you want to create something a little bit different within corporate America. And I was fortunate enough to be able to create something that I feel worked well and met the goals that we were all shooting for. Yeah. Well, I am, of course, curious, how did you figure out how to hire the right people? You know, it's a great question. And I think when you're doing it initially along the way, you probably don't necessarily have a process in place early on. You learn that as you go. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough to figure that out as I went, that what helped us really find the best people and build the best team was first clearly defining a set of values that we as a company and I myself could get behind and would feel conviction behind. And again, making sure they're really clearly defined Mm -hmm. and then using that as the filter for all of the hiring decisions and actually all of the corporate decisions that we were going to be making. So essentially it was going to define our culture and then we were going to hire according to those values so that we could build the culture the way that we needed to. Well, I wonder if humility was one of those values because back to our friend, John, he's like, man, he is so successful and not just in business. Apparently you're also an expert in jujitsu and Krav Maga. And he's like, Eric could rip someone's head off, but you would never know it by his demeanor. Well, an expert might be an exaggeration, but it's absolutely something that I enjoy. It's a passion of mine and I've done it for quite some time. But I think that you touch on something that is really important. I think that one of the most valuable assets that a leader can have have, especially today in what we see going on around us, is humility and recognizing what our limits are and completely seeing the value of the people that we have around us. Well, I know you said at the beginning you didn't have processes and later you did. I also happen to know that you had a I think it was called an existential company challenge in 2009 where you were at 45 people and all of a sudden the marketplace and the 
the industry imploded and you even had a key person who was not performing. So how did you manage to work through that crisis or those two crises? It can be tough. And I think all leaders face these sometimes monumental challenges that can seem a bit overwhelming and sometimes unsolvable. And what I found in that time There were a number of things that were going on, a number of things that had to be addressed. One was that leader that you mentioned and the situation that needed to be addressed. It was one of the most senior people in our organization. And they were very visible and very active within the business itself. And you have to make those tough decisions to move forward. And I think what we do occasionally is wait a bit too long or delay the decision that we know is best. And occasionally that can be a bit deadly for organizations and can cause more challenges than you're already facing. So what I found is that moving more quickly, being decisive about making those changes is critical. Well, Erica, to me, it just sounds like you were born a natural leader. So I have to ask, did you ever have a leadership blind spot or struggle with anything around people? I'd say for probably about 90% of my career, I probably had a blind (laughs) spot. And I, I think what you do is you learn so much along the way if you're paying attention. And I certainly had my challenges. I experienced and probably still do at some level the whole idea of imposter syndrome and wondering where you fit sometimes and do you fit and are you fit for leadership? And it's, it's in those challenges that you just described, in those moments where you have an existential challenge or an existential experience or something that seems to be completely changing the direction of the company that you've got to step up and you learn quite a bit about yourself and about the people around you. Hmm. So did you have an aha moment where you realized you had a blind spot about something specific? I did. For me, my blind spot was really in recognizing in 2009 what the challenges were with some of my employees and being willing to address them and focusing less sometimes on what the business was doing and focusing more on what our employees needed, what the personnel needed and the health of the organization at a human level. And and so for me early on, I thought if I can focus on the numbers and focus on the growth and bring in clients, the company would move forward in the best way possible, but there's Mm. so much more to it. And so my blind spot at the time was really on the human aspect and on the personal aspect. So did, did people come to you and say, hey, you need to focus on us? Or did you have retention issues? What made you realize that? You know, we were fortunate that we didn't have retention issues. We had um, we had built a good culture at the time, but yes, they did come to me. And, and I believe completely in 360 management or 360 degree management, the ability of people to manage across the table, to manage their subordinates, to manage up the ladder and manage their peers. And so I had always encouraged my leadership team and my management teams to manage up the ladder and, and told them that I expected it. Uh, we all have blind spots. There are going to be things that I don't see that they see better than I do. And it was imperative that they felt that that pathway to communication to me on sometimes difficult issues or things that might be uncomfortable for them to say was completely open and that I would receive that feedback in a way that I was grateful for and and would encourage them to continue doing it. So yes, they did come to me and they did bring those issues up, which was critically important at that time. Yeah. And proves my point and John's point that you're a humble leader because it's not usually safe for people to come to their boss and say these things. So you must have definitely walked your talk when it came to give me feedback and I'm grateful. You have to. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that, but you have to. If, if you're going to tell your people something like that and then you don't stand up for it, it's going to be tough to maintain your credibility. But I yeah. think that receiving that feedback, continuing to get ideas, keeping those lines open is really how you get to the best place possible. Yeah. 
Well, Eric, you know that recently a lot of leaders have struggled because of the crisis around the pandemic. I know that you are in a good industry when it comes to that, which is why you very successfully have been able to sell your company, but you have been through crisis yourself. So are there any last minute tips or pointers you want new leaders or struggling leaders to know about when they're in crisis? Yes. Number one, it's inevitable. You are going to face a crisis and sometimes some crises are greater than others and can be a bit more overwhelming than others are easier to address, but they're coming and they're going to be there. And so being prepared for them is critical. In getting through them, what I have found, especially in something like the pandemic, where it can be so challenging and where businesses have been affected so heavily to the point where there are losses or there are layoffs or there are difficult changes that need to be made that are very monumental for the organization. The best thing that leaders can do during those times is number one, to communicate quickly and openly, to be genuine, to be vulnerable, again, to be open to feedback. And to be honest, I think sometimes the tendency is to communicate as positively as you can, to give a positive message, to encourage people. But people also want the truth and they want to know exactly what's happening and how it's going to affect them. And no one likes to be blindsided. So oftentimes that straightforward, transparent communication is very effective, very helpful. Yeah. And clearly you have proof of that because you did exactly what you're saying. And then you exploded in growth after you laid that foundation in place. And John, one other tidbit he shared with me is when you sold your company. Most people, when they do that, they figure out, hey, where do we want to spend it? What things do we want to buy? And you look to see who can my wife and I help. And thank you. Really appreciate your contribution to other leaders and being here and being open. Very good. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much.